This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. Just standing there, riffing off several call themes. He's real. People forget that polls five months before Iowa historically have told you very, very little. It made me feel like I wasn't human. It made me feel like a criminal. Because I'm 90-some years old, that don't mean I'm stupid and crazy. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. It's just uh, Ian is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. What do you mean you don't eat no meat? That's okay. I make lamb. Good morning. It's 904 News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women. Known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. Thrilled, delighted, honored, and quite frankly stunned that you've chosen to let me hang out with you in your car, your home, at work. You're out on the job site. Maybe you're listening online using iHeartRadio or at NewsRadio1067.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Maybe you're listening to the podcast, which we post after the show every day. And the link is at MichaelGraham.com. Yeah, if you type my name, Michael Graham, like Billy Graham, no relation biologically or in lifestyle, by the way. Um, you can find us. We're every, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Podcast, Facebook, uh, Twitter, I M M Graham. Also, already perplexed for this morning because we have two great pieces of audio, either one of which could be our lunch line today. For those you don't know, because you're not listening at 1130, why not? Every day we give away free lunch in the lunch line. We play you a line from the show or from the news and we play like the first part of it usually, and then you are. We ask you to finish the line and win free lunch. And I got to tell you, I, I, I think it might have to be Maddie Jackson who speaks for so many people out there. They didn't tell me what was going on today for yesterday, and that's when I know they were finna dump me. Cause I'm ninety some years old. That don't mean I'm stupid right. and crazy. I know how you feel, Maddie. I, and just because I'm a radio talk show host doesn't mean I'm stupid and crazy either, uh, as tempting as it is to believe that. It also doesn't mean uh, that I am a supporter of domestic terrorism, despite the message from Gwinnett County Sheriff Butch Conway. This is really frustrating. If you listen to the show for a while, you know that I try to do the show for normal people. I'm not one myself, but I admire you tremendously. And I happen to think that normal people are neither Bushies nor Trumpies. The Bushies and the Trumpies want us to believe that it, those are the only two options in America. You either have to be with the elitist, I'm better than you, just do what you're told, you know, Team Obama, Team Bush. You'd have to be with those, the, the people who've screwed everything up so badly the past 10 years. Or you have to be with the nutburgers. You have to be with the Donald Trump who's, I'm going to make the Mexicans build the wall out of tacos. Or you have to be with Black Lives Matter and, you know, pigs in a blanket. They want you to believe that that is the world. It's not. You know, 
the great thing about doing this job is I get to hear from so many people, so many different backgrounds. And again and again, whether I'm at an event with people who are supporters of the Confederate flag, uh, you know, and, and are you know fifth generation white Southerners, or whether I'm at an event like the Rice Awards tomorrow night. And thank you again for the Rising and Community Excellence for nominating me for an award. I really appreciate the nomination, which is largely African American, I, I, largely black. I. I I hear the same things. People are worried about the same things, have the generally the same attitudes, the generally the same view of right and wrong. And then you have the pro-government, pro-elite, you-must-obey crowd, you know, Jeb Bush, Barack Obama, Sheriff Butch Conway of Gwinnett County. And then you have the nutburgers, the Donald Trump, I, I have no plan, I just know I'm mad, or the, you know, Black Lives Matter you know, uh, people who, act, act, who, some of whom, some of whom, and that's a key phrase, uh, call for violence against the police. Normal people aren't in either of those camps. Normal people go, hey, cops got a tough job, but it's a job they signed up for. Hey, I uh, really appreciate the fact that there are men and women who risk their lives on behalf of the community. But at the same time, people who suck, suck, even if they happen to be wearing a badge at the time. Just think about the news stories in the past few days. We just had one I forget what county it was. A guy, longtime officer, had to resign because of all the women he had harassed on the job. We had that horrific story in rural Georgia uh, uh, just a, a couple weeks before that. The guy who threw a guy in jail wrongly so he could hook up with the guy's girlfriend. You just had a cop who was busted because not only was he on AshleyMadison.com, he used his cop email address. <laughs> what? The, really? Dude, have you not heard of Hotmail? Have you not heard of Gmail? And, I mean, this is just scratching the surface. So for in a world where we have seen on television a police officer murder a guy as he was running away from him, and we've seen the video, in a world where we've seen a DeKalb County officer murder a military veteran who was having a mental breakdown, who was not only unarmed but unclothed, and we watched that DeKalb County officer murder him in a world where we saw the interview with the guy who was sitting in his house with his wife and his dog and suddenly had three cops in his kitchen killing his dog and shooting him for no reason. In that world, to say to me, as Butch uh, Conway is saying, you know, you people criticizing the cops out there here encouraging violence and hate. No, dude, incompetent cops, poorly trained cops, and poorly led cops by politicians like you are engaged in behavior that normal people go, whoa, dude. And so I'm going to read to you some extended parts of Sheriff uh, Conway's message to people who are critical of the police and to the more extreme elements in the Black Lives Matter movement. I want everyone to know that I have repeatedly invited the sheriff to come on the show. He knows he is invited on the show. We're going to get to that later in the show. I'm also going to give you everything you need to know before the two debates tonight. I will be that guy because it's my job for you. I will be sitting there and grinding out that four hours and 45 minutes of debate on CNN. I had to buy an additional bottle of Bushmills just to make it through tonight. Uh, Steve Hayes is going to join us. Also, David Drucker with the Washington Examiner. So the background, I've got some interesting details about the actual mechanics of the debate that I didn't even know about. I want to share those uh, with you that audio of Maddie Jackson, the little old lady, she lives in a neighborhood where the city is buying up the homes because they're going to turn it into a combination retention pond to deal with flooding, plus a park and running track and all this other stuff. And she's really mad that they're coming in 
Mayor Kasim Reed is coming in to steal their land. It raises an interesting question. Those of us who believe in property rights and want individual citizens to be happy. But did you know the city's already paid out untold millions settling lawsuits from the damage from flooding because they don't have a plan to handle that water? So that kind of flips things around. And why were we playing this cut from My Big Fat Greek Wedding? It's just uh, Ian is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. What do you mean he don't eat no meat? That's okay. I make lamb. He don't eat no meat. He don't eat no meat. Uh, that's one of the presidential candidates. Did you know that one of the Republicans running for office is a vegetarian? <sighs> he may have lost my vote. I may have to add him to the list along with uh, Trump and Bush of the unacceptable. I don't know. How do you can you trust a guy who doesn't eat? I don't know. I'm very, very disturbed by this because it's one of the people I liked, too. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 917. Ah, yeah, Michael Graham. Yes, there is a uh, big debate tonight. We'll be talking about that later on the show. We've got some great guests, including Steve Hayes from Fox News and The Weekly Standard. Right now, I want to talk to you about our life here in Georgia, in Gwinnett County, where Gwinnett County Sheriff Butch Conway is very upset by the, quote, culture of police hatred. And in his culture of police hatred, he, he released this message to the media and to all the media. Well, except me, for some reason, the sheriff is not interested in speaking to me. Gee, I wonder why an elected official would not want to talk to someone who's actually going to ask real questions. Anyway, um, he says, I'm angry that the fringe groups who started the culture of police hatred have widened the racial divide in our country by alleging that officer involved shootings stem from racism. Uh, OK, I'm angry, he writes, that. The controversy involving law enforcement officers has been further fueled by the news media. That, that would be me, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show at 844 uh, I'm angry that the controversy has been fueled by the news media, which seems intent on trying these cases in the court of public opinion through relentless media coverage and irresponsible reporting before the facts of a case are available. The truth is that the common denominator in every controversial case of officers using deadly force has been police interaction with people who do not respect the law, says Gwinnett County Sheriff uh, Butch Conway. To my knowledge, each of those incidents involves someone obstructing police officers doing their job. This blatant disrespect must stop. And then he goes on to say, that uh, after he says that those inciting riots and committing murder are domestic terrorists with an agenda and their message is police lives don't matter, he goes on to say, these hate groups use the excuse that they've been mistreated by the police. If someone feels they have been wronged by a law enforcement officer, there are clear avenues to pursue it through legal means. So how about it? Is Gwinnett County Sheriff uh, Conway right that uh, the uh, culture of police hatred is about people like me in the news media reporting on what's going on or giving my take on what's going on? Is it by uh, uh, fringe groups? If you are critical of the police, are you fringe group? 844-404-1067. A couple of things, and once again, I'd love to be chatting to the sheriff about this directly and asking about this. 
when he says that in every case of officers using deadly force, it has been uh, people obstructing police officers doing their job and people who do not respect the law. Um, the poor dead um, U.S. Air Force veteran who served in Afghanistan, who was naked and unarmed and gunned down. How was he obstructing the law? I'm sorry, how was he? He was actually going towards a police officer looking for help. The officer knew he was unarmed because he was naked. This happened in DeKalb County, not off in Ferguson. This is DeKalb County, uh, Sheriff Conway. How, how was he obstructing? What, what was he obstructing? The guy who was gunned down while he was fleeing the police officer. So obviously the police officer was not in danger. The guy was running away. And the cop shot him, shot at him nine times, shot him multiple times in the back, murdered him. By the way, uh, Sheriff, that officer is charged with murder. I don't want to confuse you here with any facts or anything. I'm sorry, what was he doing? Wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to understand at 844-404-1067 what he was doing wrong. Hey, the guy who was sitting in his house in DeKalb County watching a romantic comedy and was shot by the police sitting in his own home after they gunned down his dog in the kitchen. I'm sorry, what, what was he obstructing? His, his obstruction again? Well, Michael, you're just showing the examples where the police got it wrong. Exactly, because I'm not a kook. I'm not an anti-cop kook who says, oh, my gosh, these cops are murderers. Look at them. They're the new KKK. That's idiocy. That is kookery and idiocy. And anyone who doesn't uh, reject that, shame on you. You're undermining your cause when you uh, and we played the audio of it. I was at the event for the uh, guy who was uh, shot by the Smyrna cops trying to play uh, Starsky and Hutch. And uh, I was at the rally, and I played you the audio, the disturbing audio of people there uh, talking about violence towards the police. It undermines their cause. But like I said, I'm not a kook. I'm also not a pro-mindless, obedient, the police are always right, shoot me if you want to, Officer Kook, either, which is what Gwinnett County Sheriff uh, Conway is demanding. You're either with him or you're with the terrorists. That's his message in this statement. Well, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Sheriff. This is about citizens, your customers, how we live and how you treat us. And it's got to be disturbing to everybody in Gwinnett County who is concerned about an interaction with the police to know that if you end up in the court system, which is the police, the sheriff provides security there, or you end up in the jail where you're going to be under the sheriff, that you're going to be overseen by this guy. Oh. You're one of those people complaining about the cops, huh? You arrested in a protest against a cop, huh? Well, we know what to do with domestic terrorists like you. Oh, yeah, there's real. I'm, I'm feeling more confident every minute, Sheriff Conway. If I happen to be black and live in your county, if I happen to maybe be a libertarian and live in your county, oh, I'm feeling really good now. Now that you've said you're either with me or you're a terrorist. 844-404-1067. Then he says... If you feel you've been wronged by law enforcement, there are clear avenues to pursue. Oh, you mean like the uh, teenager who was shot lying on the ground, handcuffed by the cop, and it was covered up two years or three years ago, and it was so bad that one of the cops felt guilty and came back and six months ago and said, I've got to tell you the truth about this. The guy was lying on the ground handcuffed. He was murdered by the officers. I stood next to him, and the grand jury still wouldn't convict because the laws in Georgia are such that unless you 
stand over the body of the guy and announce, I know you're unarmed and I'm shooting you anyway, it is almost impossible to get an indictment. And that system hasn't been fixed. The cops who blew the baby's face off in Habersham County, all but one of them still have their job. The three cops in DeKalb County who shot a guy in his own house, all of them still have their job. So no, Sheriff uh, Conway, it is not the case that if, forget if you feel you've been wrong, it's not the case that if you've been shot by a cop wrongly, that you're going to have an avenue to pursue. I'm sorry, you're just wrong. Now look, I agree with you that there are people who are saying crazy pro-violence against cops things. And I'm happy to join you in denouncing them, as I have repeatedly done on this show here in Atlanta at 844-404-1067. But come on. Well, Michael, he's got to speak up. There's a war on cops out there. There's a war on cops out there, which is another thing, by the way, that he says in his statement. He talks about the uh, attitude towards police and that the police are in danger because of of, uh, the uh, complaints about the police officer. He plays into the war on cop story that's why he sent this statement out anyone want to guess what the year you were the least likely to be killed on purpose as a cop anyone want to guess what that year is no 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 it's not this year that would have been a good answer that's a trick question it was actually 2013 2013 was the safest year to be a police officer in the history of the United States since 1887 when records were kept. Do you know what the second safest year is? This year. This is the second safest year to be a cop. We're going to have a record low number of police officers killed on purpose on the job. And by the way, I think that's great. I love the fact that America is a nation full of people who don't go around killing cops. But so, Sheriff Conway, what is it you're bitching about? It's the second safest year on record. According to data from the Officer Down Memorial page, the annual number of non-accidental firearms-related police fatalities 2015 will be either the safest or second safest year on record uh, by far and away. Measured by the annual number of firearm-related police fatalities fatalities per 1 million people. I'm looking at the chart since 1975, and other than a few zigs and zags, the number of police officers killed, once again, firearm-related intentional killings. Not accidental, not cops shooting each other, DeGab County. The good news is officers aren't dying. So officers aren't dying. Um... The vast majority of Americans don't support the extremo nitwits who scream, you know, pigs in a blanket. And the sheriff stands up and wants everyone to know, hey, watch it. This is essentially his attempt to shut me and people like me up. You're going to go around pointing out that what's actually happening. If you're going to go around pointing out the number of... Think, look, look, every week for the past six weeks, there's been a story of a local Georgia police officer either shooting the wrong person or getting fired for being corrupt or getting fired for being incompetent every single week. Just here in Georgia. In fact, just really here in Atlanta, the greater Atlanta area. I'm sorry, Sheriff. You work for your citizens. I don't live in Gwinnett County, although I'd be happy to, I, but I don't happen to. 
You live in Gwinnett County. You work for the citizens. This is you giving a smackdown to the citizens who might dare to criticize how law enforcement does their job. You want to end these criticisms, Sheriff? I have a great idea. Help your cops do a better job. You do that, and a lot of the criticism will go away. But demanding mindless obedience from free citizens who believe in liberty and who understand that that you work for us, calling us, you know, uh, in the same league or supportive of, I'm trying to be completely accurate of this, uh, uh, implying that we support domestic terrorism because we point out that police officers aren't perfect, that is a total D-bag move, Sheriff. And I'm not surprised that people all over the country are criticizing you for it. 844-404-1067. I am not a domestic terrorist. I'm not an ally of domestic terrorists. I'm one of the most fortunate things on planet Earth, a free citizen of the United States of America. I am Michael Graham. Good morning, it's 936. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. Your chance to win uh, free lunch coming up later in the show in the lunch line. We do it uh, every day at 1135. We've also got some uh, tickets to Music Midtown to give away. My niece is coming over with some friends from Music uh, Midtown. Oh, and we, we had the uh, comment from uh, Maddie Jackson, the woman who's upset about the mayor seizing her property and kicking her out of it to build a big water retention pond. They didn't tell me what was going on today for yesterday. And that's when I know they were finna dump me. Cause I'm 90 some years old. That don't mean I'm stupid right. and crazy. That's right. And just because I'm a radio talk show doesn't mean I'm one either. But I got to sh- shout out a happy birthday to another Maddie. Maddie Jane Futrell, my grandmother. She's not in her 90s yet. I hope she will be one day. Um, but uh, she it's her birthday today. It's also my niece Mallory's birthday today. Excuse me, Madeline's birthday today. And my daughter Catherine's birthday today. And my son's girlfriend's birthday. I don't know what was what was going on nine months ago today. It must have been a big, big day. Anyway, so happy birthday to everybody, particularly Catherine. Happy birthday, monkey. I love you. 844-404-1067. Uh, and so you've heard me bloviate enough, and you've heard Sheriff Conway bloviate enough. Is Sheriff Conway right that the criticism of cops has gotten to the point of supporting domestic terrorism? Is Sheriff Conway right that we need more respect for the police? Or am I right that police policies uh, have engendered some of the uh, lack of respect or the lessening of respect and that responsible citizens will respect the police more when the police stop doing stuff like shooting black teenagers in the back in Union City while they're being handcuffed, then lying about it afterwards, then having a white grand jury let the cop walk. This just happened. <laughs> the shooting was in 2011. It was reheard again. And because of the laws in Georgia that are so ridiculously anti-citizen and pro-cop, he walked again. Is the problem the attitude towards the police? 844-404-1067. That's what Sheriff Conway says in Gwinnett County, or is the problem what happened to DeKalb County last week where a guy's sitting in his house and gets shot up by the Keystone cops? You tell me, Mario, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael, how you doing, doing man? Doing great. Right ahead. Good, good. Hey, uh, this dude is absolutely false. Uh, this is not a once in or well, this just started happening. This is historic. I mean, 
brutality, police brutality amongst people of color is nothing new. This is just this generation's answer to the call of police brutality. And the way he says it and people of his ilk, they marginalize it, you know. They make it seem like this is something that's just happening, and it's not. You know, with all the with all the hate and anger I hear of people about Muslims and what have you, why wouldn't people who have been oppressed or beat on or killed for years feel the same way? So you have to understand that there is some valid, there's a valid reason. Not that I condone any type of uh, attacking police. I love my police force because when I, when I call, they come. Right. But don't get it, don't get it twisted. I, whenever I'm pulled over by a cop, I make sure that this guy knows that, hey, man, I'm on your team. Mm-hmm. I want your gun to stay in your holster. <laughs> and I let him know. I let him know, hey, I'm not a threat. Right. Let's do our thing. Let's keep it rolling. But that doesn't happen all the time. No, that's you know? right. You're absolutely right. It doesn't it happen. It does not all happen the all the time. And if you've never been stopped, uh, frisked, or just minding your business, which I have, minding my own business, mm-hmm. walking to work, cop pulls off on pulls up on me, tells me, put put my hands on his car. And I said, No. I haven't done anything. All right. You need to let me know what's, what's going on. And he told me again, mm-hmm. put my hands on his car. I said, no. Of course, he pulls his gun on me. Right. So I got to put my hands on Exactly, because he's got the gun. But why was <laughs> But why was he stopping you and, uh, and uh, searching you? Why? Well, there was a burglary in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I'm walking. This is in uh, Stockbridge. I'm walking. I have on a T-shirt. And shorts. This is all I have. I'm walking to work. The man tells me there's a robbery. I said, officer, look at me. I have nothing. Right. I don't have anything but a T-shirt and shorts. I don't have a pocket. All I got is my house key. So he proceeds to tell me, you know, handcuff me, put me in the car. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He handcuffed me, took (sighs) me to my neighbor's house. When my neighbor saw me in the back of the car, he said some choice words that (laughs) caught, you know, (laughs) get him out the car. And I asked my neighbor, I said, well, what did they steal? He said they stole furniture. Right. Furniture. Furniture. You were probably hiding that furniture the same place that the naked Air Force veteran was hiding yes, his weapon. Yes, yes Mario, yes. thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 844-404-1067. So you, you tell me, did Mario just then incite violence? Is Mario part of the problem that's urging people towards domestic terrorism, as Sheriff uh, Conway says in Gwinnett? Was that story that he told, which is, as far as I know, true, and maybe, but, you know, he's told a story. Is that a problem? Is having this conversation a problem? Because Sheriff Conway has one goal and one goal only, to shut this conversation up. And I'll tell you something else. There are very few places you can have this conversation. Because if you tune in to, uh, you know, 999, it's going to be, the cops are always right. They need to be shooting more people. And if you tune in to V103, it's going to be, the cops are all killers. They're all, it's the Klan all over again. Those are the two extremes that are being offered. That's why I keep saying, there are pe- we are surrounded by Trumpies and Bushies. They either want total obedience or, they're, or you got total crazy. I don't think that's America. I don't think that's Georgia. I don't think that's Atlanta. I think we are, hey, the cops are most of the time, they're right. Yeah, but there's problems. And we need to fix those problems. And having Butch Conway say, well, you know... You're supporting domestic terrorists out there because those extremisms are domestic terrorists. And as long as you're out bad-mouthing the police, you're fueling that fire. 
I just wish that these politicians, all the politicians, whether it's the Republicans who screwed us with the ever-rising gas tax, or whether it's Sheriff uh, Conway, or whether it's Congressman Johnson and the you know, islands flipping over, I just wish they had the testicular fortitude to pick up the phone and join me on the air and just explain their position. That's all just a conversation. Just, what's up? I don't get it. 844-404-1067. We've got more of your phone calls coming up. Plus, I've got two perfect bookend stories. One from Snellville, one from uh, Dallas, Texas, that you are going to love about what the, the police and what the police can, cannot do. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 948. I am Michael Graham. Uh, so much talk, so little time. Coming up, the details you need to know before tonight's big debate, the strategy re-Donald Trump. And uh, a great piece by Rich Lowry at Nashville, who's not a Donald Trump fan, but he writes, wow, the Donald has completely dominated this GOP race, even more so than people realize. He gives him his props. I'm going to share that with you later in the show. Also, stop the scourge before it starts. Fashionistas, the fashion elites are telling us that this is the season of wearing sandals and socks simultaneously. Trust me, don't do it. Uh, right now, though, we're talking about a, a statement from Gwinnett County Sheriff uh, Butch Conway uh, uh, attacking the Black Lives Matter movement, attacking people who are critical of the pol- uh, police, saying that people like me in the media uh, who and seem intent on trying these cases in the court of public opinion, that we are being irresponsible and part of the war on police. The fact is that this is going to be the second safest year for police Ever, well, yeah, that's right. Since the records are being kept in eighteen eighty-seven, uh, and that no, it is not the case that criticizing the police means I'm helping would-be domestic terrorists. Here's the the two stories I want to share with you, and then we'll go straight back to the phones here at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. We were talking yesterday or the day before about some idiotic arrest that the police made somewhere, and people were calling in and saying, "Michael, they have to. They just have to." No. They don't. And the Snellville police reminded us of what policing and common sense look like. Um, Somebody called the police to uh, tell them, uh, I saw a white couple and they had a black child. And I just it didn't look right to me. I I want the police to go over and, and investigate that couple and see if they're supposed to have that white child. I don't know how they got that white baby. But you need to go look at those black people. They got a black, black people got a white baby. And so the pol- uniform division commander who uh, got the message hung up on it. They hung up on the caller and they ignored it. And they went on their lives, which is the right thing to do. But, but you understand, there's a black couple, white baby. Uh, you understand, that's not a crime. I mean, do you have some evidence of some kind of crime of any kind? No. And so they ignored it. Uh, and so people started posting on the Snellville Police Department's Facebook page, kudos to our day watch lieutenants for refusing to respond to a call asking us to check if a white baby belongs to a black couple. No other information given. This is disgusting. We are not someone's racially insensitive investigators. Proud of our lieutenant, proud of the department. And Snellville PD, I am proud of you at 844-404-1067. On the flip side, 
a kid in Irving, Texas, a ninth grader, 14-year-old, went to school with a homemade clock. He likes to build things himself. He's into science. He makes his own radios. He repairs his own go-kart. And so he took a homemade clock into MacArthur High on Monday. The police, the the, uh, school, saw the bunch of wires in a clock and called the police because they said it could have been a bomb. It was a clock. The police showed up, said, oh, silly misunderstanding, overreaction. No, no, they didn't. The police arrested the 14-year-old and charged and uh, locked him in, in handcuffs, took him to the police department, interrogated him, held him for his parents and said, we may still charge him. Well, for what? He made a fake bomb. No, he didn't. He, he made a clock. Well, yeah, well, that clock could have been a bomb, but it wasn't a bomb. It wasn't supposed to be a bomb. It wasn't designed like a bomb. It was just a clock. Well, someone could have misconfused it for a bomb. Uh, but what? What? He is still facing charges. <laughs> Five police officers interrogated him. It was absolutely astonishing. The digital clock and the digital display had four four number lines on it. A number line of hour and a number line of minutes. And the clock was made in the metal case. A box you could get at Target for like five, ten dollars. And they were telling me it's a suitcase briefcase. Suitcase like bomb. A movie bomb, which is what they were charging me of. It got to the point where I was arrested. Arrested for making a clock and carrying it to school. Once again, he wasn't arrested. I mean, it wasn't a, a moment of confusion. They sent him home. They sat him in the jail. These police officers. An officer and the principal came and took me up, and they took me to a room filled with five officers, which they interrogated me. And then later that day, I was taken to a juvenile center detention center where they searched me. They took a fingerprint and mugshots of me, and they they searched me until my parents came, and then I got to leave the building and the station. And I went home and talked to my parents about it because I couldn't call my parents during the interrogation. It made me feel like I wasn't human. It made me feel like a criminal. You were a criminal! You made a clock! You made an unauthorized, non-government approved clock! Of course the police dragged you in, you 14-year-old terrorist. By the way, I should point out that the kid in Irving, Texas, who grew up in Irving, Texas, his name is Ahmed Mohammed. So, well, Michael, obviously, he has to be taken into jail. He has to be. It has to be jail. It has to be arrest. It has to be handcuffs. There can't be anything else, Michael. Don't you understand? Your only choice is either let the police shoot your dog in your kitchen or total anarchy. You either are pro the police arresting 14-year-old kids with homemade clocks or you're with Black Lives Matters. That's the choice that sheriff, uh, the sheriff in Gwinnett County gave us, and that's why the sheriff in Gwinnett County should be ashamed of himself He should immediately issue an apology and he should promise the citizens that he will do his job instead of of uh, smearing the people who ask questions about him doing his job. Uh, Bill, you're on the earth. Michael Graham, go right ahead. I just uh, think you're somewhat mistaken in uh, Sheriff Conway's intent. I don't believe he's suggesting that the civilian population should just engage in blind obedience. But. Uh, immediate compliance without protestation is what's required for law enforcement to work. If you think the officer has overreached his uh, authority, has acted improperly, or is wrong, the courtroom is where you do it, not mm-hmm. the fescue on the side of the road, not the street corner.
you do it before the judge. Or you go to the uniform division commander and you file a legal complaint. So I just want to make sure that I, I understand you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be combative, Bill. I just want to make sure. Your first sentence was the sheriff's not asking for blind obedience to the police. And your second statement is when a police officer tells you to do something, blindly obey. No. Compliance with a lawful order. Okay. Well, a is it a lawful order. order for you to stop me and demand my identification? Is that a lawful order? It's no, it's not. By law that you, it's required by law that you present your uh, driver's license on demand. If you are if you operating are your motor vehicle, but not if you're not operating a motor vehicle. You do not have the no, lawful no, right to do, demand. You do, you do not have to produce ID. That's true. You're when, absolutely right. The, so when an officer Supreme stops Court, me and demands that I identify myself and demands that I turn out my pockets, am I supposed to obey? Uh, without if he, if he does not have probable cause. Ah, see what I'm saying, if he Bill? Does, if, if, if he does not have probable cause, he right. is wrong. But you don't decide it there. You do it with the uniform See, division Bill, or you do it with a judge. This conversation. Well, for, first of all, I I would never obey, listen to what you just said. And by the way, if you're listening, don't listen to Bill. He's totally wrong. Do not turn out your pockets. Do not identify yourself. Do not obey this illegal police officer doing an illegal job. Do not do that because you will end up in far greater danger of of legal harm. So don't listen to Bill. But secondly, Bill. Um, do you, even this conversation, do, don't you see how this conversation is so much more valuable than the conversation that share, the sheriff is having, which is sit down, shut up, do what you're told, and if you don't, you want to kill the police? This conversation back and forth is much more valuable than his nasty smear of the citizens of Gwinnett County. I just think Sheriff Conway's statement was not taken out of context, but interpreted in his most extreme well, I, I read I know, it I, know, I read I it on the Sheriff air Conway I, I, look um, I'm sure he's a sweetheart of a guy but when you what what does we know about absolute power bill it corrupts absolute. absolutely and when you say to law enforcement do whatever you want gun down all the black people you want gun down all the Air Force veterans you want gun down all the dogs you want gun down all the people lying on the ground with, the, with their hands behind the back that you want uh, you know drive that truck and sling that guy around in the back all you want when you give anybody that kind of power it's going to have a negative corrupting effect I want a police department and a police service that we can be proud of and for the most part we can, but telling people what the, the or, or describing people who demand better the way that the, the sheriff does, I just think is out of line. Bill, I would make you the sheriff tomorrow. Very great conversation, great points. I'm Michael Graham on News Radio 1067. Are you a taxpayer deep in debt to the IRS? If so, then listen carefully to this special public announcement. Due to consumers facing difficulty in the ongoing U.S. economic downturn, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from individuals who owe back taxes. Participation in special initiatives by the IRS can reduce your payments by thousands of dollars. A special hotline has been established by National Tax Credit Group to enroll suffering citizens during this crisis. Call the special service hotline to see if If you qualify for this historic relief opportunity during the ongoing economic downturn, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, 800-655-4297. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, you may now qualify for substantial relief. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements, resulting in some tax debts being reduced by thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify for your reduction, call this new special service hotline now, 800-655-4297, 800-655-4297. That's 1-800. 
at 655-4297. Hey, it's a Kimmer. You know, when I used to take vacations before that, I'd starve myself to try to lose a lot of weight because I knew I was going to gain weight on vacation. Well, you know what? If you're on the Quick Weight Loss Center program, you can go on vacations. You can go to football parties, go to restaurants, eat off the menu, and not worry about gaining weight, eating real happy, fun food, too. Steaks, burgers, seafood, the whole deal. You know, I lost 30 pounds on the Quick Weight Loss Center, and I'm an eater, that's for sure. Well, you can lose up to 100 pounds, and it's guaranteed results of the Quick Weight Loss Center program. It's not a diet, it's a program. They'll design one specifically for you with your own private, personal helper to make sure you are successful. They have programs for overweight kids. I got a text from my buddy Jake who says he's lost 70 pounds this year. You can lose more weight than you ever thought possible, faster and easier with a no-obligation consultation, 12 Atlanta locations, on the web, qwlc.com. qwlc.com. Call this number, 1-800-404-4050. 1-800-404-4050. 1-800-404-4050, the Quick Weight Loss Center. Hey, it's a Kimmer. At RBM of Alpharetta, your dream. of political speeches in a presidential campaign. You've got a guy like Obama doing his teleprompter speech, doing those robot head swivels like somebody watching the world's slowest rally at Wimbledon. And then you've got these guys who give these these fake speeches that they've been up in front of the mirror all night practicing, like Mitt Romney's speech, you know, I, be, I believe in an America where every American has the right to be as American as Americanly possible or whatever. And that's totally fake, too. And whatever you feel about Trump, just stand in there riffing off several core themes. He's real. That is uh, Mark Stein, a good friend of the show, a buddy of mine, talking about the appeal of Donald Trump. And I agree with that take on the Donald completely. I mean, he's just talking. And I may not agree with a lot that he has to say. A lot that he has to say may not make sense. It was bizarre to listen to a speech last night where he talked for an hour about foreign policy, supposedly, and never mentioned ISIS or uh, the South China Sea. I don't think he mentioned Russia, maybe one reference to Russia. I mean, it, but, you know, he's out there just talking in that perfect description. Uh, by, by the way, welcome to the show. I am Michael Graham. And you can reach me anytime by email, michael at michaelgram.com. You can call anytime at 844-404-1067. And our motto is, if you can't say something nice, call me. So you don't have to agree with anything I said. I could care. I'm just interested in your take. I don't ask you to, to agree with me. I just ask you to help me understand what it is that you see that I don't. That's one of my frustrations with Donald Trump. He's not really good at explaining how we're just going to get the, the best people. And the best people are just going to do the best job. And the best job is just going to be great. And it's going to be great. Okay, but I completely get how he breaks down the usual business. The, um, uh, you know, like he said, you've either got someone giving a speech off the teleprompter where it's, you know, blah, 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 or they're giving their poll tested stump speech where they use the same message over and over and over again with Donald Trump. You never know what you're going to get. That's why so many people, an additional 14 million people on top of the usual 10 million or so tuned in for the last debate. 
this debate, the way CNN has been hyping it, could be bigger. I don't know. Uh, but having Donald Trump in it, yeah, that's the, the magnet. He's just talking. Don't you wish that's what the people who want to govern us would do? They would just talk to you? Not a prepackaged message, not a teleprompter, uh, you know, uh, a shield of words to defend their real opinion so you can't get to it. But just talk. I would personally love it. Um, but one reason why a lot of politicians don't do it is because they can't, because they're not good at it. They're good at raising money to buy ads so that the ads can do their talking. Well, I, I, a lot of uh, a lot has been made in the media. Have you noticed this? How many times people mention Donald Trump isn't isn't prepping for the debate? Donald Trump isn't uh, spending time with the debate. But what, this this is so strange. Why? Well, Donald Trump's answer was giving the speech is my debate prep. In other words, I don't have to go figure out how I'm going to craft this answer where every word is checked and and analyzed. I'm just going to, to me, a debate is just another day. I walk off this stage where I'm prepared to take questions. And if you notice, he takes questions at almost all of his events. He walks on another stage, and that stage just happens to have Jake Tapper or Megyn Kelly in it. Now, do I think Donald Trump could benefit from a little day break? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he could, it, it helps to prepare to have the facts together. I, to me, I'm like, if someone said to me, Michael Graham, you have to go up on stage right now and, you know, debate whatever, uh, why you hate the, the Georgia automatic gas tax hike that the Republicans passed or why you think uh, that Hank Johnson's a kook or whatever. I would want to prepare prepare a little bit in the sense of I'd want to have some specific facts handy. You know what I mean? I'd want to have the the percentages and the stuff like that. But as far as the debate itself, I'm ready right now. And I, I would assume that the people running for president would be the same way. Don't you know this stuff? I mean, essentially what you believe. Yeah, you may want to brush up on the details, but don't you know what you believe? And I think it's safe to say that why they do know what they believe. They just don't want you to figure out what they believe. And so they use words, like I said, as a shield, as a fog, as a way to evade things. And so one of the things I want to ask you before the big debate tonight, we've got um, Stephen Hayes from Fox News who will be doing post-debate analysis tonight, uh, joining us to, to, for, for his take of kind of what to watch for, et cetera, what do you want these people to say? What is the one thing you wish that either somebody in general would say or one specific person would say? I mean, for example, I would love it if John Kasich, the governor of Ohio, would just come out and admit, look, I'm never going to do anything about illegal immigration. I'm just not. I'm sucking up to these people. That's my plan is to suck up. And if you're part of the suck up program, because then I can say, okay, so if you vote for him, you're going to get this and then fill in the blanks, blah, blah, blah. I wish Ted Cruz would stand up and say, you know what? Yes, you're absolutely right. I'm a Texas Bible thumping nut, but I'm a smart guy and here's what I plan to do. But for those of you who are scared that you're about to elect a evangelical Bible thumper from Texas, you are. But here's the upside to that. And here's all the good stuff. I wish it would just come out and just, you know what I'm saying? I wish they admit, I wish Donald, seriously, I hope that before this is over, not tonight, because it's too early in the show, but I hope before Donald Trump drops out, because when he starts losing, he's going to drop out. I hope he gives a speech which just says, you know, I was never really thinking seriously about this. I mean, you do know I was just, I mean, it's been fun, and man, has it raised my profile, and is my brand stronger than ever, and 
This was the world's greatest marketing event. Thank you for watching Donald Trump, the reality show, 2015. I hope he does that. I hope at the end he does it. Wouldn't it be great? Uh, uh, let's go to Matt Doran, the Havlin Special Traffic Center. It's 10-13. Matt, I, I don't watch these. Do you, ever watch, do you watch any of these shows like Punked and stuff? Like the, uh, I used stuff? to, yes. There's a new one that started last night on uh, NBC with Patrick Neil Patrick Harris, uh-huh. and they do a bunch of stunt things okay. like that. Where they, don't you, wouldn't it be great if at the end of the debate tonight, Donald Trump just went, Punked! <laughs> gotcha. And then, well, exactly. Walked off the stage. Mike gotcha. Trump walked off the stage. Wouldn't it be great? I've added 2 million Twitter followers. Thank you <laughs> exactly. very much. Michael Graham now. And the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, 1019. I am Michael Graham. Welcome to the show. So glad that you are here. Later this hour, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to Music Midtown. And then in the Confession Hotline, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to the Tour Championship by Coca Cola held at East Lake Golf Club. September 24th through 27th. That's in the Confession Hotline, 404-436-2007. And feel free to confess your thoughts on uh, Sheriff Conway's message about uh, the police, et cetera, or your, my, my uh, reaction to it at 404-436-2007. In fact, Sheriff Conway, since you're unwilling to call the show and actually discuss it, maybe you want to confess and leave a message on the Confession Hotline. Uh, but the best message, the best call, we'll play the best of the best at 1145, and then... One of the calls will win the uh, tickets to the uh, Tour Championship by Coca-Cola. Also, in the Confession Hotline, I'm hoping that you'll, re- you'll uh, share your thoughts on the one thing that you wish these the people running for president would say, would just admit right up front. I, because the, you, there's stuff, and you know they're thinking it. You know there's... And, but I, for the first 37 people who are calling the confession hotline to say, I wish Lindsey Graham would just come out of the closet. That's okay. That's all right. I guess, I guess we got to expect that. But is there something that you want to hear these people say? Cause you know that they're thinking, I mean, for, for example, wouldn't it be great if Rand Paul, the libertarian guy just came out and said, dude, of course I smoke pot. I hit the bong every day. It's, it's great. I am all about staying herbally medicated. Wouldn't it be great if you just came out and said, why do you think I'm a libertarian? Because I love pot. That's why. I think it would be absolutely fantastic. So if there's something you want to hear in tonight's debate, 844-404-1067, I'd love to hear from you. And then we'll run it by Steve Hayes at the bottom of the hour when he joins us. A couple things about uh, Donald Trump, some upside and some downside for the uh, Trumpies. And I'm not a fan, but I hope you know, all Trumpies, you are welcome on the show. Everybody's welcome on my show except for 9-11 deniers. That's the one group of people I don't have on my show. Um, first, some good news. Rich Lowry, who's you know with the National Review, so some people consider that pretty establishment, whatever. I, I don't quite agree. But uh, he says you got to give Donald Trump more props. He wrote this great piece uh, about how Donald Trump is dominating this race in a way that is historic. It really is beyond even the credit that he's getting. As you hear me fluffing around, I had that article in my hand right here. Ah, and I don't see it. But um, he makes the point that not only is Donald Trump, ah, here it is, yes, the full-spectrum dominance of the GOP. He's gotten far more earned media than everyone else combined. And on top of that, almost every time another candidate gets on TV, that candidate has to talk about Trump. 
I wonder, Rich Lowry writes, how many times Rick Perry was on TV in the last few months when he wasn't asked about Trump at least once. Trump is not only leading in every single poll. He has flipped around his favorable, unfavorable ratings in an unprecedented way. And that is true, to, to take a break here from, from Lowry's points. Having worked on campaigns in the past, it is really, really hard to change negatives into positives. It's easy to change positives into negatives. That's a piece of cake. But Donald Trump went from a majority of Republicans saying they disapproved Trump to a majority of Republicans saying they approve of him. And as of the last poll I saw, 51% of Republicans expect him to be the nominee. More on that in just a second. Uh, Rich Lowry says Trump is driving the conversation on the agenda. It is not true, as he insists, that no one would be talking about illegal immigration if it weren't for him. But there's no doubt immigration looms much larger as an issue because of Trump, as does everything else he talks about. He is holding rallies many times larger than the other candidates can hope to muster. 20,000 in Dallas two nights ago. It's been an incredible performance. And it's one. I think it's interesting to note. People say, oh, look at Trump. No other Republican can get a crowd like that. No Democrat except for Bernie Sanders could either. Hillary Clinton could not draw the crowds that Donald Trump has drawn. Hillary Clinton is lucky if she can get 200 people to show up. 2,000 people is a major rally for Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump has 20,000 people show up. For that, all that said, um, uh, Lowry concludes, he has only a narrow lead over Ben Carson in Iowa where you don't expect brash New Yorkers who are uncomfortable talking about the Bible to naturally thrive, and it's still early. But it is interesting. Uh, In one poll, Ben Carson has tied Donald Trump. And I thought it it was an astute observation that when if Ben Carson starts beating Trump across the board, let's say that the polls turn into Trump 23, Carson 25, You know, Carson 23, Trump 19. How is Trump going to handle losing? His only answer when people ask him, how come you don't actually have a policy on any of this stuff? Is, well, I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm number one. I'm winning. I'm beating everybody. What happens when he's not beating everybody? That's an interesting take. And then again, there's this about beating everybody. Nate Silver runs 538. It's a statistics Company. They used to do baseball statistics exclusively. They've pushed out to politics and others. He makes some interesting observations about poll numbers. Because you put the, the chance of Donald Trump or Ben Carson actually getting the GOP nomination, you put it around 5%. Maybe about 5% each, somewhere around there. Why so, so low? If you look at the polling, a lot of times the candidate who was leading the polls now, mid-September, didn't win the nomination, didn't even come close. So if you look four years ago, Rick Perry was in the midst of a surge right now. Twelve years ago, you had Howard Dean was surging. Um, Hillary Clinton was still way ahead of Barack Obama in 2008. Rudy Giuliani was leading the polls. I think people, there's so much interest in this election, in this campaign. People forget that polls five months before Iowa historically have told you very, very little. Yeah, and so that's, uh, you know, it's as, as uh, Rich Lowry points out, Donald Trump isn't just leading the polls. He is dominating the polls. At the same time, the people who have been leading in the polls in the past have almost uniformly not become the nominee of their party. Uh, so, Will, is, is it possible that with the world in the shape that it's in, that the Republican Party and its members will choose, which is that's what it is, the choice, to make Donald Trump the standard bearer 
to lead us into this world with the economy we've got, with the foreign policy fiascos we've got, with the divided nation that we've got. Will we choose Donald Trump? I'm going to put that question to Stephen Hayes from Fox News and the Weekly Standard. In mere moments, I am Michael Graham. I'm on my way, I'm making it. I've got to make it. It's 1033. I am Michael Graham. Welcome to the show. Remember, we are just one hour away from your chance to win free lunch at the Village Tavern in the Lunch Line. Just got a very nice tweet about that. Michael, I wait for that music every day and... For you to say, kick it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Look, we're just here. I'm trying to have the conversation that you are, would be having if we were hanging out together at a diner, at the Waffle House, whatever, just uh, chatting about the world. We are fortunate enough to welcome Steve Hayes to the conversation. Steve, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Hey, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. I get to look forward to four hours and 45 minutes of debate watching tonight. <laughs> That's going to involve about an one and a half quarts of Bushmills, if my calculations are correct. <laughs> Whatever gets you through, man. Whatever well, hey, gets you through. It's our job, right? So <laughs> let me just, is there anything to be watching for in the uh, happy hour JV debate? Do, are we noticing anything from there? You know, I mean, honestly, I don't think much. Um, Bobby Jindal would be the, the candidate to watch in that debate. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that Carly Fiorina has sort of graduated to the, the A-level debate and that right. Rick Perry is – um, dropped out means that he doesn't have the kind of credible competition that would allow him to make him uh, self a more credible candidate for for moving up. So probably not much. They should have moved Christie and uh, maybe Rand Paul or one other down because I actually think it would help them because they would have a broader, you know, bigger stage for that time, and they could do what Carly did and bounce out. But as of now, like you said, there's not a lot going on there. So we turn it to tonight, and the question I have for you. Uh, can anyone escape Donald Trump's political gravitational field, or is he the sun king of this political universe and all the other planets are just stuck in his rotation? You know, I mean, right now it, it seems that way, although I have to say that both in national polls and, and apparently in a New Hampshire poll that's going to be out today at 5 o'clock, you've seen Ben Carson uh, move up and, mm-hmm. and almost make this sort of a bipolar world. Um, you know, the the real question I think for Trump is, is he the same Donald Trump, or does he try to be more substantive and more subdued and, and you know, speak like a serious candidate? There are downsides for him if he tries to do that, of course. I mean, he's where he is for, for a reason, and I think it's largely this sort of outsized persona that people see on their TV screens nearly constantly now for the past couple months. So if he breaks character, that's not necessarily a good thing. But then the the, the second question on that is if he doesn't, and if he doesn't right. get more substantive, and he doesn't offer more policy ideas, is this sustainable? And I think the answer to that is in all likelihood no, but we seem to be in certainly new territory with this Trump candidate. I, I, if I were a Trump fan, I would be begging him to ignore Steve Hayes of the Weekly Standard of Fox News as much as possible because he's doing great with a substance-free campaign. And you know who else is running a substance-free campaign? Hillary Clinton. And she's still, despite the Bernie Sanders thing, the front runner over there. She's running on <clears throat> identity politics, and she's always run on identity politics. He's running on identity politics. That's the whole race right there. Yeah, I, I think that's true to a certain extent, although you can say if you go and you look at that Hillary Clinton's last three or four speeches, 
they're at least built around themes that have policy implications. I mean, for, for most of what Trump does, I mean, last night was a supposedly a national security speech, and he occasionally touched on national security, but it was mostly a <laughs> Donald Trump speech about Donald Trump, which all his speeches are. Right. And you're right. I mean, look, there is no doubt that that, that has worked for him. Look at the polls. That, mm-hmm. That's why he is where he is. And we, we maybe we are maybe we have come to this point in our society where people care more about reality TV and sort of, you know, voluble candidates right. who are saying very little substantively, but saying it loud and saying it often. Maybe that's where we are in this country. I think it'd be a bad point for the country. But but if that's the case, then then you'll be right and I'll be wrong. And Trump, <laughs> Trump should certainly ignore me and, and less substance is better for him. I would case. I would try this. It's not that we're a country that demands a reality TV uh, candidate. But we are a country that demands candidates with some reality TV in them. And that's what's depressing to me, Steve, about watching this race is why haven't the other candidates figured this out? You don't have to, to you know, Trumpify yourself, but show that you understand the media, that you get the, how the conversation works in the media and join the, the swim. You know, it's interesting. Ben Carson, I think, is the holdout for the old, the people who want zero reality tv and i think that's going to limit him i also think what limits ben carson is he's not a fighter and the one thing i will say about the mood of the gop electorate this year steve they are feisty and want to fight right no no question about it yeah i mean you know that's a good point it's a good question why the other candidates haven't done it on the other hand as you point out ben carson is the anti-reality tv candidate and he is now at or near parallel with with mm-hmm. Donald Trump in in statewide polls uh, and in national polls, and Marco Rubio, who I think has done the best job of sort of adapting to this new media world without becoming Trumpified, um, you know, is still at five, six, seven percent in a lot of these polls. I mean, Rubio's done some I think very clever and interesting things with his own videos, putting those out. He stops right. and he talks to TMZ, which is certainly a non traditional outlet for Republican candidates. Um, he's not your father's Republican or your grandmother's Republican. He's a different kind of Republican, but he's a different kind of Republican that as yet hasn't broken through. And, you know, I I think part of that may be that Rubio doesn't um, offer the kind of anger and frustration that that defines Donald Trump and that so many Republican voters feel, so many grassroots conservatives, so many of us who do this for a living (laughs) feel that that anger and frustration at Washington, um, but just don't think that Donald Trump is necessarily the solution to that. Right. So uh, the the other name that's been bandied about a lot, we mentioned it briefly, uh, uh, Carly Fiorina. And uh, I have said from the beginning, she can be the nominee. She just has to run a perfect campaign. She cannot make a single misstep. So far, the high wire, she's held every step. Uh, what does she do tonight? What does she need to do tonight? Anything? So I think the the big challenge for her is to, to take on Trump and to do it in a strong and forceful way, but without becoming a victim, without portraying herself as a victim. I mean, Trump has certainly taken some shots. I think they were, you know, misogynistic, uh, uncalled for, unnecessary um, things that he should apologize for, but it doesn't affect him. And I think thus far she's handled it pretty well. She put out this this short ad talking about her face. She gives speeches where she kind of defiantly says, look, I'm proud of my face. And and I think she's thus far, uh, she's refused to, to call for an apology for, from Trump and thus far um, not really played identity politics right. in the way that a Hillary Clinton has and the way that oh. a Donald Trump has. 
she needs to continue to resist that temptation. I think it, the temptation will be there probably tonight, and I think she'll do much better if she resists that temptation. What I love about Carla Fina so far is how she turns the Trump stuff into an attack on Hillary. Do you remember in the first, what her to me her standout line in the first debate at the uh, JV t- table was when she said, "How many people here have got got a phone call from the Clintons before you got in this race?" Yeah. And that wasn't just a smack on Trump. That was a smack on the Clintons and, you know, how political they are and this notion that they're, you know, into this backroom, back channel politics. When she turned that Trump comment into an ad, that ad was not designed to go after Trump voters. That ad was clearly just targeting yeah. Hillary voters. That's no, I think, smart. I think that's true. And, and look, I think, you know, to, to take that point one step further, the, the other thing that, that she's done and that she did in that line in, in that debate is – to challenge Trump on some of his old policies. And I right. think you're likely to see more of the candidates do that. Scott Walker, who had been reluctant to challenge mm-hmm. Trump in any kind of a frontal way, uh, did so two days ago uh, on the stump. Um, you know, his poll numbers are down. He, I think he probably feels like he needs to do something dramatic. But I think you're going to see, you know, both in the debate tonight and then moving forward as we get closer to the, to the Iowa caucuses, the other candidates challenged Trump in a direct way about his past positions. And thus far, Trump has really, you know, there's been some talk about them. There's been, uh, you know, they've been mentioned, but he hasn't gotten the kind of scrutiny of his right. past positions and I think of his business deals that is coming. And I think that has the potential to do some real damage to he him. Thinks, see, I don't think so. I think we hit it on earlier that he he's the uh, pipeline for the anger and frustration people feel and I think the smart thing to do tonight would be to show not to do the yes, I understand your frustration, but to show your frustration too. to get his perfect example. I've been asking my listeners, Steve, what do you want to hear someone say tonight? And what I want to hear someone say tonight is this Iran deal is a horrifying disaster. It is the fault of our Republican leaders who screwed this up in Congress. And Mitch McConnell needs to do one thing and needs to announce it tonight. We are going to blow up the filibuster for this one vote. They cheat. They don't play by the rules. They bring a treaty and pretend it's not a treaty. Well, we then are going to do the right thing and confront it. I would love to see someone do that because they meant it. You know what I mean? To, to the way that I'm right. doing it right now, the way you did it last night on Fox. Watch you on Fox last night. You just nailed this and I, I predict that not one of the guys or gals will do that tonight. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I mean, it, it'll be interesting. They've all said they've all expressed their frustrations, but they haven't sort of gone that next step. And mm-hmm. I think that that you know that'll be an interesting. Wait, 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 wait! I want to challenge you right there. I don't think we've seen much expression of frustration. I think what we've seen is acknowledgement. Yes, I understand people are frustrated. No, I want to see you. I want to see you. Do no, what... I, you know, I don't. I, I don't agree with that necessarily. Okay. I mean, I think it depends on which candidate you're talking about. So we're probably both right on that. But you know, when I'm when I'm out following these folks around around the the, the country or in the, these early states they're getting pretty frustrated and they they get these questions and they respond with frustration mm-hmm. it's not the same kind of frustration that Donald Trump offers um, and and look Trump gets a lot of the attention that he gets because of the way that he talks and it's this you know, sort of a caricature, always referring to himself, citing his uncles who went to MIT as evidence that he's the smartest guy in the room. I mean, it's it's this kind of insanity that gets people to, to tune in, which then gives him an opportunity 
to express his frustration. That doesn't mean that some of these other candidates aren't also expressing this frustration. They're just not doing it in the kind of flamboyant way that gets the attention that Trump is getting these days. So we don't see it as much. And certainly they're not, you know, they're not on O'Reilly every day. They're not on CNN every day. They're not, right. uh, they're not on the, 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 the news channels like Trump is. Well, I've got to let you go. What is the one thing you want one of the candidates to say? For example, I'd love it if Rand Paul stood up and said, look, yes, I'm libertarian. Of course I smoke pot. What's the problem? I wish you would just do that. <laughs> get that out of the way. Steve Hayes, what's the one thing you want one of these folks to say? I would like Donald Trump to say, yes, I was a liberal, and yes, I remain a liberal today. <laughs> Steve Hayes with the Weekly Standard, Fox News. Are you doing post-debate stuff tonight? Yeah, I'm doing it Hannity, although I think it's going to come in the third hour of the debate. So if anybody's sick of the debate and wants to <laughs> click over to Hannity, join us. <laughs> Steve Hayes, Weekly Standard, thanks so much for joining us here. I'm Michael Graham. Michael Graham now, and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1051. I am Michael Graham, and I've got tickets to Music Midtown this weekend for the first person to call 844. 844- 404-1067, and tell me which of tonight's debaters in the presidential debate is a vegetarian. One of tonight's debaters is a vegetarian. I mentioned it earlier in the show. If you know, call 844-404-1067 because I have a message for that candidate. It's just uh, Ian is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. He don't eat no meat? No. He doesn't eat meat. What do you mean he don't eat no meat? Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I make lamb. <laughs> I make lamb. Who will she be making lamb for for tonight's debate? I will send you to Music uh, Midtown. By the way, can I just say, just uh, apropos of nothing, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being part of the conversation. Uh, I really just appreciate it. I have a great time. And the stuff you send me, whether it's in the email, michaelmichaelgram.com, or the comments on Twitter, I am M. Graham. I just, you, I, I don't, people ask, what do, I, what, you know, what do you do for work? I don't work. I get to, ha- I get to hang out with you. And I, I'm not saying that to suck up to you, because really, why would I suck up to you? I mean, seriously, let's be honest about it. I just have a blast hanging out with you. And so thank you very much for the opportunity. And then once people give me stuff to give away, say, I'm happy to give it away. Uh, let's see if uh, Andrew knows. Andrew who will she be making lamb for tonight because he is a vegetarian? He don't eat no meat. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson. You are absolutely correct, Andrew. Hang on the line, and we will – let me ask you before I let, put you on hold. Does that in any way affect your view of him as a possible president? No, not really. He's a doctor, so, I mean, he's mm. going to eat healthy anyway. But still, I mean, don't we want a meat eater? You know what I'm saying? I, I, he, that's not caveman enough for me in 2016, I don't think. I, I'm going to put you on hold here, and we'll, get, we'll send you to Music Midtown, but – you, I, I want, yeah, yes, soccer boy. I was say, it's probably just, it's probably going to be worse than just not eating meat. He's probably going to be one of those guys that eats organic oh. and worries about all the chemicals. You mean Michelle, we're going to have Michelle Obama guys. Uh. Like you think it's just meat? It's probably worse than just yeah, that. You're probably, you're probably right. And look, I like Dr. Ben Carson. He's um, essentially tied with uh, Donald Trump in one of the latest polls. He's uh, edging up on him. And and you know what? That's one of the things I like to hear. What was I like hearing tonight? Debate. Why are you a vegetarian? Why are you doing that? Why should I trust a guy to be the president of America who doesn't eat hamburgers, hot dogs, and barbecue? I just, I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't vote for. I've I, I pledged I will support any nominee other than nuts to Trump 
and stay out the bushes. You give me everything else in between, and I'll uh, I'll take it. Uh, but um, that does make me nervous. It's just like not having a real job. I want somebody. One of the best things I think one of the best things about Carly Fiorina. Carly Fiorina started her career at Hewlett Packard as a secretary. She had to sit there at the desk and take the dopey phone calls and, you know, get coffee for some executive, probably a guy, and knowing how things were back in the day, probably got chased, had to do a few laps around the copy room, the, you know, from some Randy vice president in charge of, of manhandling. And the fact that she had that job makes me feel better about the idea of her being a president because she's had to do that real job. You know what I mean? I just want to do things like this. Influence your influence, your vote. It's always interesting. Voters are not, I don't, I'm going to say this and you're going to think I'm being mean and I'm not, I was about to say voters are not rational. What I mean is voters don't sit and calculate, you know, like here is the position paper and here is the, you know, tick, tick, tick. And here is the resume. Our knowledge is more than just, the list on the resume or the list of policy positions. We know because we're human organisms, human animals, we have all kinds of information coming into our brain from based on how people look, how they talk. You get a sense of someone. I mean, Donald Trump on paper is a terrible candidate, but Donald Trump is winning. Ben Carson on paper is a terrible candidate for a a political job. Great candidate for a lot of other jobs because he's obviously super smart and blah, blah, blah. And yet those are the two guys who are winning. And no one, it'd be, it would be very difficult to make the case, well, they're winning because, you know, people sat down and they're going through point by point. No, they're winning because what we want from a leader isn't what we want from, say, a computer. It's Captain Kirk versus Mr. Spock. Who's smarter, Spock or Kirk? Spock, of course. He's a walking computer. He knows everything. Who do you want as your leader, Captain Kirk or Mr. Spock? Oh, Captain Kirk. Because leading isn't just about... Uh, listing out the facts and the history and knowing all the names. Leading is about understanding the big picture, where you're trying to take people, where you want us to go, and the skills of manipulating people and facts on the ground, et cetera, to get where you need to go. And that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for Mr. Spock. That would be kind of Dr. Ben Carson. We're looking for Captain Kirk. And that's the difference between a leader. That's what I see tonight. 844-404-1067. If you have something you'd like to hear during the debate tonight, Call it into the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. The best call will win those tickets to the Tour Championship by Coca-Cola. Uh, that's the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. Coming up, more on these stories. And is it the disco, excuse me, is it the leisure suit of 2015? I think so. I'll tell you what it is. I, Michael Graham. Just standing there, riffing off several call themes. He's real. People forget that polls five months before Iowa historically have told you very, very little. It made me feel like I wasn't human. It made me feel like a criminal. Because I'm 90-some years old, that don't mean I'm stupid and crazy. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. It's just, uh, Ian is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. What do you mean you don't eat no meat? That's okay. I make lamb.
morning, it's 1106 at News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, thrilled, delighted, and honored to be with you here on News Radio 106.7. You can uh, belly up to the bar, be part of the conversation at 844-404-1067. And that's what it is. It is a conversation. I'm not here to tell you how you ought to vote or what you ought to think. I'm just... I'll tell you what I think. Uh, People keep asking me, Michael, do you have a candidate? Do you have a candidate? I have made this pledge to you. I am wide open for anything other than Donald Trump. If he's the nominee, as I have publicly pledged, I'll be voting for D's nuts or Jeb Bush. I'm a Jesse Jackson Republican. Stay out the bushes. So I really want to see who can win. That's what I want to see. We've got eight years of really bad stuff that needs to be undone from the uh, trillions of debt that we've added at a record pace. For the first five years that President Obama was in office, his lowest national deficit was higher than Bush's highest for his whole presidency. That's so that's we got that to fix. We got Obamacare to fix. We got this horrible Iran deal. It's a terrible, indefensible deal. And you already see what's happening. North Korea's now decided they want to get on the action. All that has to be undone, and it's not going to be undone if Mrs. Bill Clinton is able to go in and use the White House to, A, uh, grow, you know, uh, restart the Clinton political empire, and, B, make herself a gazillionaire, which is what she's going to use the White House to do, just like she used the Secretary of State's office, just like they used the White House, just like they used the governor's mansion. She's going to use it to get richer. So... To stop that from happening and to turn things around, you need someone who can win. I'm just waiting for these guys to show me they can win. That's all. And I'm open to anybody. If you tell me tomorrow, Michael, it's going to be Fiorina. Okay. It's going to be Cruz. Okay. It's going to be Kasich. Okay. It's going to be Jindal. Really? What have you been smoking? But okay. Hey, I'm on board. Absolutely. Just no Trump and no Bush. And so one of the questions we're asking today in the confession hotline in here at 844-404-1067 is, what do you want to hear in tonight's debate? Is there something that you want someone to say? Is there something you want all the candidates to say? Is there some one sentence that you want to have expressed? Share it on the confession hotline, and the best of the best calls will win tickets to the Tour Championship by Coca-Cola at the Eastlake Golf Club, September 24th to 27th. That's the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. While you're there, I got to ask, hey, Brandon, uh, put down the uh, porn and come in here for a second because I want to ask you about this. So I'm watching, I forget, I, I watch all kinds of stuff to try to get ready for the show so I know what's going on in the world. And I see this report that the hot new fashion trend is sandals, and socks at the same time sandals and socks and that the new york city the what the designers like the devil wear prada lady i mean those kind of people i don't even know who they what are they, are they Diane fashion von Fostenberg? whatever, whatever. these fat you know the fashion houses they yeah. are i don't know the names of them house of horrors house of harkonnen house i don't know i just, i anyway they've decided and they're putting out models they have they have guys walking down the runway stuff and they're wearing socks and sandals simultaneously. You can confirm this, yes? Yes, it's not socks and sandals, though. It's what called socks and flops. 
No, whatever you call it, it's horrifying. It's hideous. Socks Don't and flops, do, Would you do this? Would you wear socks and sandals? No, in public? I have a jihad against sandals to begin with. Exactly. I mean, sandals are kind of creepy. I mean, yeah. If you're at the beach or whatever, or if you're maybe you're playing Jesus in your school play. No. But other than that, if you if you are not either in a place covered with sand or be our Lord and Savior, come back to bring us all to judgment. Do not wear sandals in general. But socks and sandals. I mean, I thought everyone. That's like no. Right? That's like old guy. That's it's like, popular in the urban communities. No, it is not popular anyway. Do not wear socks and sandals. Why I are predict, you hating? I predict that socks and sandals will be the leisure suit of your feet. That 10 years from now, people will have photos of people wearing them like at you know picnics or cookouts or whatever. And they go, oh, dude, you remember? Oh, I can't believe I was wearing that. You know when they flash back? What was the embarrassing thing you wore when you were younger that you now look back and go, oh, my gosh. Mine is the powder blue leisure suit that had the floral print polyester shirt on underneath with the wide lapels. And if you look closely enough, which my mom did not do before she bought it, it was naked ladies. That's awesome. Yeah, it was like this this swirly pattern of naked ladies on it. We had NFL team starter jackets. And then in high school, we had the NASCAR jacket phase. So what did, What down in Paracoma, wherever you're from, what is, what is it, like grass skirts or something? Was that what you guys? The fedoras. Yeah. You wore a fedora? My dad did, and then I just You did not wear it. No, you did not wear a yeah, fedora. Yeah, like middle school oh. and high school. And you have pictures realized... of you in a fedora in middle school? Uh, you, have to get me one. you have to get somewhere. me one. You have to get me one. Uh, Matt Dorr, back in the day, what was the humiliating fashion? Like, we had a photo of you that your, your uh, family was only jacket. You. you did not. I did. You did? I even had this, the zipper jacket. With the extra zippers on yes, it? Yes. I didn't no. even have pockets behind the okay. zipper. It just looked cool. I have to confess. I've confessed. I had the members only jacket. It was that kind of pink, peachy color uh, one. You remember that one? Oh no, no, not my fault. A young lady gave it to me, and what she gave it was an ex- worthwhile exchange. If you this know what I'm saying. the Valley Rat from North Augusta was. No, no, no. Was, hey, hey, leave her alone. No, this is a young lady, and uh, was it was absolutely worth it. So here's my question for the confession hotline at four zero four four three six two thousand seven. The fashion faux pas. No, no. That when someone says to you. I'm going to wear this, or I'm here, put this on, or when I was a kid, I wore it, and you go, no. If someone, seriously, I got to ask you guys. If someone said, I'm thinking about wearing a leisure suit, wouldn't you say no? Unless it's like a joke, wouldn't you? Yes? Hello? You I'm, a, your words? I'm a jerk, so I would say wear it just no. to laugh at them. And if, and if a guy, seriously, Matt Dorf, if you were going to a thing and a friend said, it came out with his shorts, white tube socks, and sandals, no, wouldn't you no, say no? No, yeah. no mandals allowed in my vehicle. Stop him. Stop him. So that's what we need, ladies and gentlemen. And ladies, you need to jump on this at 404-436-2007. The fashion faux pas that you're going, I cannot believe people are wearing this in public. I cannot believe you're dressing like this on purpose. I'm warning you, sandals and socks are going to be the leisure suit of your feet. They are going to embarrass you in the future. 404-436-2007. You might win valuable prizes. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning. It's 1120. I am Michael Graham. Thank you for being part of the conversation. Lunch to give away in 10 minutes in the lunch line to the Village Tavern up off of Haines Bridge Road. So good. Hey, uh, more on the debate tonight. I will be watching it. I'll be live tweeting it. Both debates. So uh, if you want, it's four hours and 45 minutes of debate because the second one is three hours long. It's from eight till 11. 
Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter. I am M. Graham. Before we go back to the debate thing, though, I just I, I actually believe that there's a connection between Donald Trump and the socks and sandals story I just told you about. And I'm not making this up. Uh, wearing socks with sandals, a source of endless ridicule for years, is now in vogue. Calvin Klein collections, Bottega Venata, Bottega Veneta, Marnie, and other luxury labels are showcasing socks and sandals. No. Attendees at Men's New York Fashion Week wore the combination. No. Footwear maker Teva started selling socks and sandal packages for people who couldn't figure out how to put their socks with their sandals by themselves. No. No, 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 no. And here's what happens. The elites, they do this to you. Remember, disco was king because all of the cool people said disco was king. You know, leisure suits were being worn by the cool East Coast types. All of the normal Central of America types kept wearing jeans and, you know, casual shirts. And what happened? Finally, people woke up. You know, the 80s occurred. Bruce Springsteen broke down the wall and everyone put their jeans and their comfortable shirts back on. So don't be fooled by this. There are certain things that you know are fashion unacceptables. And if you want to share yours at 844-404-1067, or better still, put them on the confession hotline, you can win the tickets to the Tour Championship by Coca-Cola. For example, um, Who, What, Where has a list of women's fashion unacceptables. Too much animal print. Uh if you're a grown-ass woman, any animal print is too much animal print, unless you're planning on hitting on someone in the Delta house while your husband, Dean uh, Wormer, is not at the party. No animal print. Uh, visible bra straps, yeah. There should be no visible bra straps. It's your bra. Wear something out. You know, you wear clothes. and Too tight-fitting clothes. And I don't, this is new to me. You know, everyone supposedly we are obsessed with obesity, overweight. You know, there's all this fat shaming and it's terrible. Have you noticed, though, the last few years that larger ladies have no problem putting on form-fitting clothes and hitting the club or coming to work or... I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Like, they're... I'm not saying that they're physically unattractive. They're just... It's the kind of figure that I would have assumed you would wear a little more loose. You know, you'd, you'd highlight other things. No, these women have, like, a beer belly. And they got this tight top around. The, I'm like, what? What? That, I don't think. I'm not sure that's good. Uh, and then uh, on this list of uh, fashion possible ladies, childish footwear. What they mean is adults wearing chucks, even though you're in your 50s. They mean adult women in their 20s and 30s wearing clothes from kid to day. I mean, Look, once you have a job and you're paying rent or a mortgage, it's time to stop wearing the SpongeBob clothes. Just put them away. The, uh, 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 I mean, it's creepy when you're in the mall and there is a woman who has kids and she's in MILF territory, but you can't approach her because she's wearing the Hello Kitty outfit. I don't. I don't, I mean, the, the fact that her daughter's wearing the Hello Kitty, that's fine. But she's wearing the Hello Kitty. That is creepy. And, and another thing, too, um, ladies, you are aware that your teenage daughters are already getting unwanted male attention, right? So what are you thinking when you're walking through the mall wearing your I work by the hour outfit 
with the, uh, uh, what do you call them, sweat style pants with juicy written across the butt and the let it all hang out top. But when you have your daughter wearing the same Ho starter kit, I just, I, I, do, I do not know what you're thinking when you're walking. <laughs> There's mama Ho, teen Ho, and baby Ho just lined right up. I mean, what are you doing? I do not want to see juicy on the bottom of a 12-year-old girl's butt. And it's, uh, this, it's, just not, it's just not right. Those are, I don't know if those are fashion faux pas or faux pas or moral faux pas, but it creeps me out. 844-404-1067 or call the confession hotline 404-436-2007. Steven is on the air. Steven, are you wearing sandals and socks right now? Not right now, but as soon as I get home. No! Dude, don't do it. They get they get they go way back in Atlanta to an outcast song from their AT Alien C D in nineteen ninety six, Wheels of Steel, it's referenced. I've been rocking them ever since. No, it's it, so you blame the band Outcast for your horrifying footwear. They were cool. Me wearing it <laughs> makes me cool. <laughs> I'll tell Outcast you said that, Steven. Thanks for the call at eight four 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 zero. Come on. There are things that you know. Even as you're putting them on, there are places that you're going that you know what you're wearing is not the right thing. You know it. And just because for a moment it becomes trendy, the trend will pass. Those foot, those photos of you will last forever. Just think about what you did in the past. I love My wife, who's slightly younger than me, she hates the fact that her parents have given me a copy of her bat mitzvah video. You know, my wife's Jewish. So girls have a bat mitzvah. And all it is is just a party for a bunch of 13-year-olds. It's not what the 13-year-olds are wearing, Matt, that's so delicious. It's what their parents are wearing in the... Like, it was 89. And they're wearing, they're rocking the late 80s, like the... uh, It was almost like a jogging suit, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? It was like a classy, flashy jogging suit. Yeah. And the square shoulders and then the poofy hair... I mean, you're, you're just looking around the rooms. I keep stopping. My mother-in-law has no idea. I'm stalking her on this video going, holy crap, what is she wearing? Look what they're wearing. It's the, the video. The, the, the trend is here today. It'll be gone tomorrow. The video lasts forever. That's a little advice from me. Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show on News Radio 1067. Lunch doesn't have to cost dough. Because every day on Michael Graham show. Hey, wait a minute. That's me. The lunch line. Kick it. You get free lunch if you call and wait. 844-404-1067. Free food is yours if you just listen. And today's lunch line is uh, lunch at the Village Tavern, one block north of Haynes Bridge Road on Rainwater Drive. And it comes to us courtesy of Maddie Jackson, who's fighting to keep her home in Atlanta and they says... They didn't tell me what was going on today before yesterday. And that's when I know they were finna dump me. Because I'm 90-some years old, that don't mean I'm... Because I'm 90-some years old, that don't mean I'm fill-in-the-blank, and it's all yours. The Confession Hotline at 
404-1067. I still say that this Ben Carson being a vegetarian thing is not going to going to help him uh i just i it doesn't resonate with him with america you know what i mean i mean something about being american gotta eat meat i I was we got a a hashtag going what i want to hear tonight's debate i'd love to hear trump go hey ben you're really a vegetarian what a loser i kill wild beasts with my bare hands and feast upon their entrails that's what i want to hear yes soccer boy i'd call him out if i'm donald trump i'd bring out a steak and be like if you if you eat this I'm out of the race. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Come on. You got to be more, a little bit realistic about that. Uh, 844-404-1067. We do want to hear your what you want to hear in tonight's. And by the way, today's lunch line is uh, dedicated to Alt no ATL Angel on Twitter, who says, Michael, love the lunch line jingle when you say kick it. I wait for that every day. Today's kick it was for you. Let's go to Ashley. Ashley is on the air. Hello, Ashley. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. So we're going to play you Miss Maddie Jackson's comments. When you get to the end about what it means to be 90-something years old, you just jump in, and we will send you to free lunch, okay? Okay. Here we go. They didn't tell me what was going on today before yesterday, and that's when I know they were finna dump me. Because I'm 90-something years old, that don't mean I'm... Ashley? I'm... I'm stupid and crazy. Because I'm 90-some years old. That don't mean I'm stupid right. and crazy. Way to go, Ashley. You nailed it. Absolutely. By the way, Ashley, is there a male-type person in your life, like a husband, boyfriend, whatever? No. There's not? No. You don't? Okay. Well, are you looking? No, I'm kidding. Uh, if you did have a husband or boyfriend and he was about to leave the house in socks and sandals, would you stop him? Absolutely. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Ashley, so, there's some man out there who needs you to tell him what to do because they're falling <laughs> yes. for this stuff. Just because Jesus wore sandals, that means you can wear socks with them. Thank you, Ashley. Don't we're going like to put you on hold and uh, get your information and send you to the Village Tavern for uh, craft beers uh, and amazing brunch, lunch, and dinner menu. Give away free lunch every day around this time. And you still got a few minutes to jump in the confession hotline. We've got quite a few calls already. But uh, someone's going to win these tickets to the Tour Championship by Coca-Cola. There's a certain, I mean, there's stuff you know when it's happening. For for example, do we all live by the rule you don't wear the T-shirt of the band you're going to see to their concert? Is that a rule? No, Soccer Boy, you you wear the T-shirt of the band? You do? You look like the guy who would. Absolutely. You're there at the Foster the People concert with your little Foster the People shirt on, aren't you? Aren't you? When else would you wear the shirt? You've done, you don't wear it to the concert. See what I'm dealing with? This is what's happened, ladies and gentlemen. This is how far society has fallen. We have been led by the elites into horrible practices, whether it's abandoning the Middle East to ISIS, whether it's dumping trillions of dollars into government workers to try to rescue the economy, the stimulus, or whether it's... No, I'm telling you, it's totally fine. Wear those socks and sandals. People, we have lost our grounding as a society, and young people like Soccer Boy are influenced by it. That's like not that's like not being allowed to wear your jersey to whatever football game you want to go to. No, no, that's different. Football's different. Look, 844 404 Ladies and gentlemen, am I right? You never wear the T-shirt of the band to the concert you're going to. Am I right? 844-404-1067. Please help me straighten out Soccer Boy right here on the spot. Um, 
And I don't know. We were making fun earlier of of uh, plump ish ladies. I don't know what it is about guys with beer bellies, but when we get the biggest belly we can possibly get, our challenge after that is to get the smallest T-shirt we own down over that belly. Have you seen this with the guy? He's pulled the shirt down, and it doesn't even cover the whole belly. It kind of stops just below the belly button, and there's this big strip of white, saggy eject pod fat underneath. Like if his pickup truck is in a collision, the belly will inflate and save everybody in the cab of the truck. The shirt is so tight that it actually dimples into the belly button. If you, I'm serious. I, it freaks me out. There's an actual, like, a little cave right there in the middle of the He can use, he, like, stores stuff in it. You know, like, hey, you got a crescent wrench? Dig, 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 dig. He pulls, ah! I got a six-pack of beer in here, too. Dude, when the shirt is so tight, it doesn't cover the belly, and it leaves a Martian-like crater on your st- stomach, get another shirt. That's the great thing about Walmart. There's always another X. You're go- it's scary. When I go to Walmart and I'm looking for clothes, I'll see the T-shirt and I'll see the XL. Okay, XXL, whatever. XXXL, XXXL. I have to learn my Roman numerals all over again. Do, do we get into an XVI here at some point? Is there an LC? How many X's can you do? I mean, who is this for? This isn't for a person. This is for a family. This is for camping. There's no way that one person wears this shirt. That is not, that, you can't move. How do you self-propel? If there's that much of you above the waist, but then you see the little rascals for fatties they've got. I don't. I do not object to rascals for elderly. They need them. I do not object to rascals for people with physical, you know, ailments, whatever. They need them. But rascals for fatties. The reason you need a rascal for fatties is because you're wearing an XXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXX
Dude, don't be that guy. 844-404-1067. Don't be the socks and sandals guy. I'm just trying to help out. Uh, if, by the way, if you missed our conversation about the uh, letter the, that the sheriff of Gwinnett County, uh, Butch Conway, sent out suggesting that if you don't support the police 100%, if you are calling for reform, if you're critical of the police, that you are supporting domestic terrorism, his letter smearing everybody in the Black Lives Matter movement as domestic terrorists or supporting domestic terrorists. Uh, it, it's in the it's in the podcast, and the podcast goes up every day and get it at michaelgram.com. And once again, because I've gotten some people, you're really tough on the sheriff, I've invited him to come on the show and simply explain his position. Uh, sheriff um, Conway is willing to talk to other members of the media, but as of yet, he is unwilling to speak to me. And... Uh, and it's because he knows that if he comes on here, I'm just going to point out some facts. And I'm going to be yelling. Con- if you, you've heard me talk to people that I don't agree with. I've, I I want to hear their take. The guy from MARTA called up when they when the news came out that half of their bus drivers and train drivers don't show up every day. And we had a good conversation. I didn't agree with him, but he gave his propaganda and I asked questions. Same thing with the sheriff. But I would point out to the sheriff who's specifically called out the media. That would be me. For being critical of the police and for feeding this frenzy. Dude, you're feeding the frenzy that there's a war on cops. This is the second safest year for police officers since we started keeping records in the late 1800s. The second safest year on record. That doesn't mean that there aren't kooks in the Black Lives Matter movement. That also doesn't mean that there aren't cops like the geniuses who arrested this kid in Texas for uh, uh, building a clock. And he brought it to school. Well, it had wires on it. It looked, it kind of looked like a bomb, but it's a clock. Well, but if you looked at it a certain way, it could look like a bomb, but it's a clock. Well, how do we know that you didn't mean for it to be a look bomb lookalike? Because it's a clock. He's in jail or was in jail. A 14-year-old kid in Texas. The police, five cops interrogated him. Here's my suggestion. You want more respect Get rid of the incompetent members of your force, like the ones in DeKalb County who shoot people in their own house and each other, and uh, show some respect for the citizens you serve. That's why the vast majority of cops do get respect, because they earn it. That's my, And once again, Sheriff, uh, you are welcome to come on the show and chat any time. Same thing for Mayor Kasim Reed. Ooh, Michael Scary. You know, whatever. I don't know what to say to that. You guys know what a wussy I am. Can you believe these people are scared of me? Yeah. It's pathetic. Such, <laughs> it's such sad. A, such a wussy. Dude, did you go put socks and sandals on on purpose? Socks and flops, baby. Socks and flops. And now it's time for the one, the only, the world famous. Thank you for calling the confession hotline. Brought to you by the Tour Championship of Coca-Cola. Tour Championship by Coca-Cola. Held at Eastlake Golf Club September 24th to 27th. Hey, I think that uh, somebody on a debate tonight needs to explain to the rest of the world what the capitalist system is. You get rid of the regulations, you create jobs, jobs create raises, raises create people with money that can create new jobs. Very good point. That That's a better explanation than we'll get tonight on stage. The two words, Crocs, every day. <laughs> Crocs do suck. Crocs every day. Crocs should be burned. I'm not a big fan of the Crocs. The thing that I hate to see, and I'm so ready for this to be out of style, is young men walking around with their pants 
belted right under their rear end. Yep. And all of that hanging out. I don't get the uh, booty cleavage, Brandon. It's it's just bad that they wear the belts to keep yeah, it that exactly. Long. I understood because I was one of the kids of that generation that got their pants about two and a half sizes too big. Uh-huh. That just naturally sagged. Right. But now that the kids are getting them that way and exactly. belting them on to stay. Yep. That's the problem. Defeats that. the pro- look, you know, you got the uh, boxers showing at the top. It's a look. It's a punk look. Well, when you're a kid, you're supposed to be a punk. But now, like you said, if you're going to design it in, it takes all the punkiness out of it. The sagging now with socks and flops. Oh, the worst. The reason I wear sandals and socks yeah. now that I have a beautiful lawn is fire ants. you got to <laughs> wear them. I mean, it's just, otherwise you're eating. But out in public, it's a different story. Socks and flops to fight the fa- fire ants. Okay. For this debate, I want Chris Christie to admit that he wears white socks with sandals. <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, Chris Christie leaning over to Ben Carson going, you're not going to eat that meat? Yeah, can I have it? Chris Christie meets uh, My confession is about two short cutoffs that we used to wear in the early 80s and late 70s. When I see those pictures today, yeah, no I kidding. cringing. You know, uh, my wife watches these uh, crime shows, and they have a lot, of, you know, a lot of them, obviously, from the 70s and 80s. And they had a guy being interrogated by the police. And he's wearing, I'd forgotten that guys used to wear shorts. Like you, they had like a. Banana testi- smugglers. They had a testicle t- camel toe right there. I was like, I'm like, and they would wear, and no one was even, like you'd think everyone would be staring at the guy. Like, dude, put on some clothes. It was what everyone was wearing. Greg Talmadge is wearing those right now. <laughs> ah, but he's wearing them under his saggy shorts, which are very cool with these socks and flops. Yeah, I'll tell you a piece of uh, clothing that is quote unquote in, but needs to be out immediately. And that's. The uh, rompers that these girls are wearing yeah. nowadays. I mean, my lord, rompers! <laughs> it's embarrassing. Looks like you're wearing a potato sack. And, and not only that, but they look like they're overgrown children. You know what I mean? I mean, like you're walking through the mall. You're 29 years old, and you're wearing pajamas with footy pajamas in public. What is wrong with you? Uh, yes, I want to hear someone ask the question: If you were a tree, <laughs> what kind of tree would you be? Just but- so I can hear Jeb say. I'm not a tree. I'm a bush. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Ouch. Hey, that's I'm not funny. A tree. I'm a bush. Okay. Ouch. <laughs> that's funny. Barbara Walters will not be moderating the debate. She actually asked a presidential candidate, that, a politician, that question. For tonight's debate, I'd like to hear Lindsey Graham admit that if he were to be gay, <laughs> he would be gay for Rick Perry instead of <laughs> Michael Graham saying it. <laughs> What are you talking about? Did I ever say anything like that? I never. I don't think he's. I distinctly remember. I don't remember ever saying. I think if I were gay, I would be gay for Rick Perry. Hey, you bought you faked that audio. No, no, I think that's real. Great confession hotline today. Remember, it's open all the time. 404-436-2007. So, is it going to be Chris Christie in the socks, or is it going to be Tree and Bush? Tree and Bush. Tree and Bush. Tree Tree and Bush. You won the tickets to go to the Tour Championship by Coca Cola. Uh, and if you didn't give us your email address, you were supposed to. Uh, just give me Michael at MichaelGraham.com. We will hook you up. Uh, coming up next, the Kimmer. I will see you tomorrow live, loud, and local, 9 to noon, right here on News Radio 1067. Callie, she can call back anytime. Sounds beautiful.